0: I'm wondering if next week they're going to call and say, it's the Budweiser virus, it's out. You know. but, but man, that's all going on, and all these people are sick. And even in our state, in Arkansas the other day, there were like 36 people in Arkansas that had died from the flu. And, and we have to cancel schools here. And people in our congregation that have been sick, and that troubles me. Or people in our church family and in our community that are facing life-threatening illnesses troubles me I'm unsettled in my own life the struggles just of life that I have and different challenges because see what happened for me at the end of the year and and then Megan as I started in the beginning of the year, see y'all have got to understand something, Let let me explain something to you and Trish and I both, I will stand before the Lord for this, we take this seriously this is not a joke to me I'm not a pastor because I went to Pastor school to be a pastor because that's what pastors do and I'm not saying that's true I'm just saying God called me to do this And so when we're up here, we're not playing church We're serious about this And so I knew going into 2020 that this was going to be something that I wanted to do a little different So I began to search deeper in my life than I ever have and can I tell you there were a couple of days in the last few weeks where I was a wreck. Because, because of my desire to draw closer to God, my desire to say, God, whatever you need to do in me. And he began to show me things in my life that bothered me. Because this is not a joke. And he began to change me, and so, but it's troubled me. And as I was preparing this message, and looking up research and checking things out about heaven and what it was about. And God began to speak to me, and I began to study what others had found, especially a guy named Craig Rochelle and some of the things he had found that really ministered to me. These words were brought before us. I'm going to read them to you. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Okay, before I get started, are you troubled? Look at what Jesus said, do not let your hearts be what, trouble. So don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms and if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me That you also may be where I am. And and then I love the statement where Jesus says, hey guys, you know where I'm going. You got to love Thomas. Because by the way, Thomas is us. And I'm very glad in our lives there are people like Thomas. Because I'm sure Jesus says, you guys know where I'm going? You know where I'm going? And they're all going, yeah, I know where you're going. they're looking at each other going, I have no idea what he's talking about. But I don't want to look dumb. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? I don't know what you're talking about. So Jesus said, it's important. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me don't let your hearts be troubled but I'm the solution to that and in the world that we live in I can tell you right now as a 53 year old lived 53 years in the coolest country in the world in my opinion I'm troubled I'm troubled at things that I see in our community I'm troubled and yet when I read these words Jesus knows all that and he says hey Chris listen don't let your heart be troubled. But it's about focus. Am I looking at the situation? Lord, is that what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the news, am I looking, or am I trusting God? In other words, am I thinking about eternity? Or am I focusing on what's going on here? And that's really rocked me. Because you and I need to make a decision, where are we going to place our focus, and more importantly, how are we going to live our life? What am I going to do with this breath that I have, this moment that I have? What am I going to do? Listen to this. This is John And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Now listen, you've heard this verse, but this is the context. He will wipe away what? Every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. Why? Because the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Now listen to this next verse. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God. And they will be my children. There's something implied here. Those who are victorious, are you one of those? Are you one of those? Because this is truth. And I think it's a question that we need to settle in our hearts because here's the deal. I can talk to you about holes in your bucket and I can talk to you about all the different things. But it starts with, is Jesus my Savior or not? Because the rest of it, if that's not in place, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Because either you're going to pass or that trumpet's going to sound and we're not going to be here anymore. And then the question becomes, now what? To those who are victorious, he's going to wipe away our tears. To those who are victorious, no more mourning. To those who are victorious. Well, I think there's three misconceptions about heaven. I'm not going to tell you what heaven is first. I'm going to tell you what heaven's not first. And I think there's a reason there are these misconceptions. And I think it has a lot to do with the devil. And let me just give you a little history here. Three archangels. There's Michael, Gabriel. He's the trumpet guy. And there was Lucifer. Lucifer. And Lucifer was a worship leader in heaven. The Bible tells us he's the most beautiful creature in heaven. In Isaiah, five different times, Lucifer said, you know what? I'm going to ascend higher than God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Lucifer decided he wanted place. And he was going to exalt himself above God. And he was so convincing, he convinced a third of the angels in heaven to rebel with him. And they were cast out. And so he's smart, and he decided, you know what? I'm going to work really hard at convincing people of a couple of things. The first one is there's no hell. And the second one is this. Look at your notes. Heaven is boring. (laughs) First one, there's no hell. The second one, the the first blank here, heaven's boring. Who would want to go there to get a harp and a toga? Right? Doesn't sound exciting to me. I can't even play the harp. Juice harp, any kind of harp, you know? But if he can convince you of that, that's a big deal. Look at first Corinthians 13 12 through 13. Here's what's going to happen when you get to heaven we will know one another and we will love and be loved. When we get to heaven, we're going to know each other. And we're, but notice what it says. In heaven, we're not only going to know each other, we're going to love and we're going to be loved. What does that mean? That means for those of our family and friends that have received Christ and they've gone before us, we're going to know each other. For those of you that have lost a child in the Lord, you're going to see them again. That grandparent, that friend that's gone before, you're going to see them again, and you're going to know them, and you're going to love, and you're going to be loved. And I think it's really amazing that, that this is what God wants to say to me and you. We're going to experience the greatest thing of all, which is love. And we will be able to feel love, but we'll also be able to give love in heaven. That means you're still cognizant of what's going on. That's amazing. Look at Revelation 21. I'm not going to read all of 15 through 21, but I'll summarize some stuff here. Heaven will be a place of unimaginable beauty. Unimaginable beauty. No eye is seen. We don't understand how awesome it's going to be. But I bet in your life, I want you to take just a moment and think about the coolest, most beautiful place you've ever seen. I want you just to think about that for just a second. Maybe for some of you is in Canada fishing. For some of you is was on a mountain in Colorado, for some of you, is on the Spring River during the fall. But it was perfect. Now, I want you to imagine in heaven, it's going to be so many more times that you, you can't even can imagine everywhere you look. It's just beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Unimaginable beauty. I remember when we first moved here, the first year we lived here in that January, it snowed a foot. And we have family meetings at our house. When something's going on, we have family meeting. And I remember Taylor, we kind of had this family meeting. She's like, hey, we need to all get together. She goes, listen, we've been talking, a bit, talking it over and there's a foot of snow on the ground. Taylor said these words. She said, we need to go to Walmart and buy coats or we're going to die. <laughs> you remember that? She walked in she said, like, and if she's serious. She's like, this could be it. They're going to come to the house, and we're all going to be frozen to death in the house. Because we're from Texas, and there's a foot of snow, and this is not okay. <laughs> but I remember walking out in that and looking at it, and Scott, it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen in my entire life. It was cooler than any, any picture that I could have. And, and here I was, and I'm, it's just no sound, and it's just pristine, and it was heaven is going to be more more beautiful than that. Beyond my imagination. Something else is going to happen in heaven. 1 John 3 verse 2 says this, in heaven, we're going to see Jesus face to face. (laughs) You say, well, why is that a big deal, pastor? You know, in the Old Testament, Moses one time said, God, I want to see you. And God said, look, you can't see my holiness and live. You can't. It's not that he didn't want to show us his holiness. It's not that God doesn't want to reveal himself to us. It's that we can't handle it. But now, because of what Jesus has done, we're going to see him face to face. And it's not going to be in judgment that's over, the one who saved you, the one who bears marks and will still be visible marks on his hands and his feet, the stripes that he took is going to stand in front of you in love. That's incredible because of what he's done for us. That's going to happen. In 1 Corinthians 15 and Malachi 4, Isaiah 35, and you again, you can read these later. But but here's the deal. you're gonna have new and perfect bodies. Turn to your neighbor and say you're gonna have a new and perfect body. Go ahead. Now fellas, listen, I just gave you the biggest pitch ever. This is the moment when you say, "But baby, your body's perfect already. Come on now. <laughs> I'm trying to, I cannot make this any easier. That was it. <laughs> you know, come on. All right, come to the marriage conference. <laughs> I'll help you out. (laughs) But imagine that. What does that mean? What does that mean? Here's what it means. Tracy, here's what it means. It means that there's no more dementia. It means those that you've seen slip away have their full faculties. It means no more cancer. It means there's no more sickness. For some of you, it means you'll have hair. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Or at least hair in the right places. Come on, somebody. Come on now. Perfect bodies. No sickness, no disease. Complete vision. Some of you that are colorblind are going to see color for the first time. Some of you that have lost limbs will have a restored perfect body. That means something to my family. Wholeness, perfect. That's God's gift to you is your body's going to be perfect. It's amazing to me. Isaiah 65, Revelation 21. And again, you can read these in detail at home, but I'm going to summarize this. This is, what, this is what I want you to hear. Heaven is the absence of everything bad, painful, and evil. And it's the presence of everything good, holy, and glorious. It's the perfect place. Perfect. This is not made up stuff that I'm making up. This is what heaven is. That's incredible. And I can see it now. I don't know about you. But when I get to heaven, first I'm gonna go, "Whoo! Glad I made it, Lord. Thank you. You're very gracious and merciful." Right? Some of you, where are my people at? Come on. <laughs> but I think my grandmother's going to be there. Who prayed I would be here. And those that I love that have gone before me, those that I don't even know, are going to be there. And I'm going to know them, and they're going to know me. And there's no pain and no sorrow. And it's going to be incredible. Incredible. The absence of evil in the presence of God. Here's another misconception that I think the devil, the world wants us to have. And it's this, that this world is our home. I think we think the world is our home. And so what happens is, if you think the world is your home and you don't realize that you're just here for a little while, you do all your investing in what you have. And so you spend all your energy, all your effort, all the into what you have, but you're only here for a little while. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with investing here, but you need to be looking past here. So, so don't hear that I think you shouldn't have stuff. I think you should have stuff. But I think you, remember, you need to remember that's just temporary. I probably said this to you guys hundreds of times if you've been here for a while. Only two things ultimately are going to matter, your relationship with God and your relationship with people, and that's it. That's it. But this world is not our home, and Wes had mentioned to me after first service, and I think this is just a brilliant comment. Some people in this room that have served in the military have had to go to other countries. And so they've served, and so they were sent to another country as a representative of our country. But they didn't stay there. They came back home. They were just going there because they were on mission. But it was never their home. The problem for you and I becomes when we think this is home, but we forget the big picture that we're just here for a little while. We're just here for a season. And then we will be home. what I do in this home matters what I do here matters for eternity now what what are you gonna do in heaven I know you're probably not gonna be playing a harp unless that's your thing but you know what God has created each one of us uniquely and he's given each one of us gifts and you know what I believe I believe in heaven the fullness of who you are is gonna be represented there I believe if you love to sing there you'll be able to sing perfectly. Come on, somebody. Somebody should say amen, because I've heard some of y'all, so that, that's an important. But, but I believe that the gifts and the things God given, has given us, I think there they're, they're going to be perfected. Because you're still going to know and be known. Researchers and social, social scientists say that when we're walking in the fullness of who we were created to be, I'm summarizing theirs. We're in the flow of our life. Some of you are experiencing that now. It's almost like you don't even have to work. It's just who you are. What you're doing in life is an extension of who you are. But in heaven, that's going to be perfected. Listen to this. This is important. Philippians 3, 19 through 20. Their mind is set on earthly things. Those are people that are, are... are not Christians. They're people that we're focused on just here and now. But our, listen to this, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. If you're a follower of Christ, your address has changed. And you're just here on loan. You're just here for a little while. And what are you supposed to do when you're here? You're supposed to be his representative in this place. And it starts with your family. And then it goes to your friends. And then your classmates. And then the people at work. And if you're retired, it's the people in your circle. Wherever you are, you are only here. And God has placed you there for a reason, for a season. What are you doing with that? Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to look back and go, man, God placed me there, but all this time I was so focused on me, I didn't even realize, Dennis, the people that God had put around me that I could speak into their life, but I was so focused on this that I forgot why I was there. How many of you are at the stage of life, you walk into a room and you don't know why you're there? Can I see your hands? I walk in, I go. No, oh, I'm supposed to do something, so I'll just pick up something and walk out. Is this why I'm in here? I don't even, you know. But but what about if you if you do that with your life? You waste it. Second Corinthians four eighteen says this: For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last, how long? Forever. Forever. Here's my last point, and I'm going to close. Here's a misconception. Here's a misconception. Most people are going to heaven anyway. Most people are going to heaven anyway. I want to make a comment here and I want you to hear this. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Here's what Romans 23 through 25 says For everyone has what? We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone has sinned. How many of you have sinned? Can I see your hands? All right, you can put your hands down. Like three people didn't raise their hands, so you just sinned because you lied. So we're all, but we've all sinned. Just recognize that. We've all sinned. Look at verse 24. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us From the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. It's not just a thing, it's the thing. And you know. Part of what's bothered me lately is is I see people that are hurting and, and I see people that will gossip. Or I'll see people that are in sin but they're not willing to walk away from it. And it troubles me. And the reason it troubles me, Thomas, the reason it troubles me is because of this. We decide not to walk away from our stuff because we're not properly looking at what eternity's like. And we're missing it. We're missing, we're missing out on the fullness of life because we're willing to hold on to some of these things that don't mean anything. This is why Jesus came. So that we could be with him. And I don't understand why he did it. And I really don't understand why he chose me. But he chose me and he chose you. And it's because he loves you. But I think we need to lift our heads up. And I think we need to look up and remember that there is more to this life. That right now, we are here, but someday soon, we're going to be there. And if we will begin to live with a consciousness in our life of we're only here for a little while, it will change everything. So here's my question. Put this in big bold letters in my notes. Are you ready? Are you ready? First Corinthians 15, 55, 57 through fifty-eight says this where O death is your victory? Where O death is your sting? But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I'm going to read that part again. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I'm a shepherd I love people we love people and I want you to be there I want to look around and you go high five Pastor Chris and then Pastor Chris you look amazing (laughs) but I want you to be there and some of us are holding on to things that are destroying our life and the fullness of life that God has promised us we're not walking in and it's because we're okay with living with holes in our bucket and it's time to get it right imagine if each one of us made the decision Lord. Here I am completely. Take my life. I'm going to forgive all those that have hurt me. Lord, just like you forgave me, I'm going to forgive other people. Lord, and if you can do something with this life, I'm going to give you everything. Here I am, Lord. Take me. Here's what I want to do. I want everybody just to enter into an attitude of prayer. Would you sing a little bit of that? And I want you to listen to what Wes is singing. But here's the thing. Guys, I can give you all kind of tips for how to live a better life. We can show you how to get your finances right. We can show you how to be a better parent. But if we don't get this right, nothing else matters. Nothing. So as you listen to the words of these songs, search your heart, are you ready?
1: Are you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling the precious blood of jesus christ (music) leave behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait jesus is calling The precious blood of Jesus Christ. No word of Savior. Isn't he wonderful? And sing Hallelujah. Christ is risen. sing hallelujah Christ is risen Oh come to the altar the father's arms are Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
0: Everybody's just heads bowed or eyes are closed. This may be the most important question I've ever asked you Are you? you're here today, you may have never received Jesus. Today's your day. Or you may be here today and maybe you've been in church. Maybe you received Christ but you've walked away or maybe you're just at a place in your life where you're not sure where you stand with him. doesn't matter. Wherever you fall into those categories, if you just want to be sure, if you just want to make today the day that I say, you know what, Lord, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you love me and I have sinned, but I need you. I need that forgiveness. If that's you today and you fall into any of those categories and you today want to make your relationship right with God, if that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. See your hands. See your hands. See your hands. See your hands. Amen. I want everybody to stay in an attitude of prayer. If you raised your hand, I want you to ask to do something really brave. I want you to come down here with me. Trisha's going to come over here with me. If you raised your hand, I want you to come over here. We're going to pray. And if you didn't raise your hand and you know you needed to, just come on up. I want everybody else to stay in an attitude of prayer. This is the most important decision that there's some people in this room that they will ever make. Is right now. Amen. Anybody else? Today is the day of salvation. here's what we're going to do. The presence of God is in this place. And we're all going to pray this together. Let's just just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that you love me and that you have died for me. So today, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive my sins. Lord Jesus, be my Lord of my I'm giving you everything. Thank you for loving me when I've been unlovable. Thank you for caring about me when I've walked away. Thank you for receiving me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is why we're here why we're here. Now listen, there's a world outside these doors that's in trouble. They're hurting and they're scared and they don't know what to do. The things they used to believe in, they can no longer believe in anymore. The things they thought were sure are not sure anymore. But there is one truth that never changes, and that's God is God, and that He loves us. When you leave this place today, I am charging you, in the name of Jesus, to go out there and be His hands and feet, to go out there and love people like He loves you, and be the light of the world in a world that's full of darkness. Amen. So I'll stand this morning. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. So thankful that we've got two folks that have come down to rededicate their hearts to the Lord today. Guys, that's awesome. Carry Him with you. Realize you're on mission. And be the change the world needs. Amen. Father, I thank you for every life here today, Father. I thank you for every person. I thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to take our place. Jesus, you reminded us to take up our cross and follow you. That our lives were not our own. That we're only here for a little while. And Father, help us to go out into the world and love on people and point them towards you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Change our community by changing our families and change our country. And Lord, we lift up our country to you today. The brokenness, Lord, the the division that's there. Father, we pray that your grace and your mercy would begin to penetrate that place. Lord, we pray for our leaders today. And Father, we ask you to draw them to you. All of them, Lord, draw them to you. And help us to truly be a one nation under God. Bless us today, Lord, as we go. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next
1: week. Oh, what a savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing high. is risen, bow down before him, for he is wonderful, and sing hallelujah, Christ is risen, oh, what a saint. Is in the wonderful sing Hallelujah Christ is a reason. Bear your cross.